language, music, dance, and arts and crafts are an important part of Alaska Native culture. From drum groups to beating, the Native people of the state have long kept their traditions alive. And work is underway to revitalize and make sure other traditions involving their language and culture do not slip away. Food is also an important part of Native ways of life, and protecting the land and water is key to ensuring the traditional foods are safe. Contemporary ways of life and emerging technology are being incorporated in Alaska Native culture. Join us for a discussion right after the news. From the 2017 Alaska Federation of Natives Convention in Anchorage, I'm Christine Trudeau. We have a new opinion from the Alaska Attorney General. Some of the main conclusions from that AG opinion, tribes do exist in Alaska. That's the chairman of the Governor's Tribal Advisory Commission, Richard Peterson, Friday morning, telling the Alaska Federation of Natives that a long-sought goal of getting the state government to recognize tribes has been reached, at least according to the opinion that day from Attorney General John Alindamuth. It's the latest in a succession of actions by the Walker administration on tribal issues. Peterson said the child protection agreement signed with tribes Thursday could be just the first of many partnerships in which tribes take over state services. Governor Bill Walker was once again on the AFN stage, and this time it was accompanied by the legislative Bush caucus and the state house majority. Caucus chairman Neil Foster of Nome then gave a report on their attempts to spare the Bush in the legislature's budget cutting. Particularly, the caucus drew battle lines opposing an effort to close about 60 village schools with fewer than 25 students. So we stand ready to defend the educational opportunities of all our youth from the largest to the smallest schools. The subject of climate change came to the surface Friday afternoon when the president of the New Talk Village Council, Paul Charles, spoke. He urged delegates to support two separate resolutions that might help the village in its push for funding to move from the eroding shoreline of New Talk to the sloping hillside at Maktagavik. One resolution asks Congress to take 2% of the annual funds dedicated to the Native American Housing Assistance and Self-Determination Act and use the money for a program to create, quote, affordable housing for communities experiencing natural emergencies that do not qualify for the Stafford Act, as villages experiencing slow-moving disasters like Newtalk may not. And a second resolution calls on the president to dedicate some of the money saved by pulling out of the Paris Accord and put it to work to assist Native American communities threatened by erosion, storms, flooding, and permafrost melt. A panel discussion on climate change followed. Among the panelists was Shoshone Bannock independent journalist Mark Trahant, who pointed to an indigenous history going back through thousands of years of change that can and should be looked at as an asset for all. One areas to really think through is the opportunity for young people to see this as an opportunity for the future. And the types of jobs being created around the climate, the types of jobs being created about food security are really important and great opportunities for young people now to say, I'm going to do that in the future. The election of Anna Hoffman to another term as AFN co-chair was made official Friday by unanimous consent. Hoffman spoke briefly, urging the AFN delegates to stay engaged. While we continue to break ground in tribal self-governance, 
achieve corporate dominance, and fulfill our cultural independence. And Federation President Julie Kitka's report was full of scenarios for the future. AFN has been courting the military and expects to be a partner in billions of federal defense and emergency preparedness spending. And in the midst of our homeland, we're in the midst of a military buildup, the likes of which we have not seen in years. This is all in response to new challenges in the world. Alaska Natives need to continue to be active partners in the defense of our land and our country. Kitka said the military has agreed to participate in an AFN conference early next year with the military on the issues of food security and emergency preparedness. And the convention featured a panel on the top military brass in the state. On Saturday, AFN delegates will debate and vote on resolutions and hear a follow-up report to the 2016 convention resolutions from AFN Vice President Ben Malott. U.S. Representative Don Young, U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan and U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski will speak. A panel on leadership perspectives will also be held. An executive director of the National Congress of American Indians, Jackie Patia, will give closing remarks. From Anchorage, Alaska, I'm Christine Trudeau. The AFN newscast produced by Kwanic Broadcast Corporation and Native Voice One. Funding support from South Central Foundation, Arctic Slope Regional Corporation, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, Shalisto Corporation, ConocoPhillips, ExxonMobil, Menelik Association, and the Rasmussen Foundation. This is a production of KNBA, Kwanic Broadcast Corporation, and Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Service. Welcome to Alaska's Native Voice. I'm your host, Antonia Gonzalez. Language, culture, arts are part of the Alaska Federation of Natives annual convention week taking place here in Anchorage, Alaska. It's also a huge part of the Elders and Youth Conference, which is put on by First Alaskans Institute. And so I have some guests here joining me today to talk about some of these um, language, arts, culture. We have Angela Gonzalez who does a blog and she's also involved in many um, aspects of art and also uh, Billy uh, Steven who is with the drum group. So Angela, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yes, I'm Angela Gonzalez. Um, I'm from Huslia, Alaska. I'm Khan Athabaskan. And yes, I have a blog. It's called the Athabaskan Woman Blog. And um, for my day job, I work at First Alaskans Institute, and we, like you said, we just put on the Elders and Youth Conference earlier this week. It was a record-breaking con um, conference with over 2,000 participants, which you probably heard. Um, but yeah, I, I really uh, enjoy seeing the language, arts, and culture revitalization in a lot of different, um, the whole, this whole week. And uh, Billy, please introduce yourself. Okay, well let's get oh. your, okay, there you go. Go ahead, introduce you yourself. Can you hear me now? Yep, All there right, you go. That's great. Yes, uh, hello, my name is Billy Steffen. I am, uh, I was born and raised here in Anchorage, Alaska. I am a uh, half Aleut, quarter Athabascan, and uh, quarter Ho-Chunk from Wisconsin. I sing with the uh, Northern Lights and a Tribal Powwow Club. Um, great. Well, thank you for being here today. Yeah. And um, a lot of events take place during AFN week and Angela you've said it's called the Native New Year is that right yes the Native New Year uh, so happy New Year <laughs> welcome to Alaska um, and it's also uh, just uh, a week that's also I heard um, na uh, sorry the Native Fashion Week 
Oh, yeah, because everybody's wearing their bling. We all have some native bling on. Um, And one of the events that that starts off the week is um, usually a a cultural celebration, bringing people together with food and dancing. Um, And I went to what was being called the decolonizing event that was hosted at the Alaska Pacific University. And let's hear a little bit from there. Hi, I'm Andrew Regner. I'm originally from Colorado. I'm Miami from Indiana and came up to Alaska nine years ago. Uh, We are cooking a lot of food for everyone coming in for decolonizing the dream, giving people salmon, moose meat, muktuk, beluga, lots and lots of food. I believe it's important it brings everyone together. I mean, everyone comes out and enjoys their cultural food. They enjoy salmon that was caught this year, a moose that was caught by Rodney McCord for this potlatch. So just brings us all together. It brought lots of different cultures together. Instead of having this just be an Athabascan event or an Anupak event, it brings all of the cultures together. Hey, my name is Samuel Johns. Uh, I'm from Kludika, also known as Copper Center from the Atna region. Um, the, the event is called Decolonizing the Dream, um, honoring our mothers. Um, we just want to create space for, for men to, to um, do all the work, cooking, cleaning, you know. Uh, there's a, a lot of masculinity in, in, you know, in our society. And we usually always get looked at as like a head of household, you know, where we don't have to do much, you know. But I kind of, I have daughters, you know, and I, want, I don't want them to think like that. And I kind of want to help change that mentality, you know, and this is the beginning for me on that journey. This is the beginning for me uh, to show my daughters how it's supposed to be. Um, Women are in charge. (laughs) And that was a decolonizing um, event that took place honoring our sacred mother that was put on by uh, Samuel Johns, who is a local advocate here in Anchorage, and he's known for working with the homeless, and he um, was talking about how he wanted to honor women. Billy, you were at that event. Your drum group performed. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us your, uh, your thoughts on um, the event being honoring women where men did all the work. Hmm. Yeah, that was a very great event. Uh, it opened the eyes of a lot of the youngsters, you know. I mean, our future generations is definitely where it's at. And, you know, teaching our youngsters the way that the world uh, should go, you know, the way our, our ancestors have uh, lived for a long time. And, you know, a lot of our people have lost that these days with, uh, you know, the times changing, you know. Our culture and everything is, is very strong when we stand up for each other especially when we stand up for our women, you know, the the women are the ones that brought us life and, you know, put us into this world and, you know, they continue to nurture us, growing us, you know, when we're children, you know, it's the same thing as, you know, it takes a whole village to raise a child, you know, and and understanding our culture and heritage, you know, women are strong, they they help make us men strong, you know, it's it's a great thing honoring our women. And Angela, your thoughts on um, the aspect of bringing everybody together, having food, celebrating, and also honoring the women. Yeah, you know, it was a really, it just came together at the last minute, kind of, um, but I was really surprised at how many people were actually there. I think they were expecting maybe 60 to 80 people, and there was probably about 300 people. And we also had a call out for the artists, and the artists were, um, there was probably about 15 to 20 
uh, arts and crafts vendors who came together in addition to all the wonderful dance groups who um, you know, came out in support of this concept of honoring women. And the big part of celebrating in Native culture, not only here in Alaska, but all around uh, the country and around the world really is food. So I got a chance to go to another event and got to talk to a chef. My name's Amy Foote. I'm the executive chef at the Alaska Native um, Tribal Health Consortium. So I oversee the traditional foods program at ANMC. Um, we have a spread here tonight that showcases some traditional foods and some traditional ingredients. So you can see we have a lot of local items, reindeer salami, uh, native style salmon, salmon locks. We even pickled some local beets from the valley. Uh, we have a donation program for our patients at the Alaska Native Medical Center where we can take your harvested items, whether it's moose or caribou, uh, even seal, um, as long as it's not processed, and we serve those to our patients to provide healing, provide traditional foods, and um, it's a really great program. You can contact me at the hospital or Native Food for Life. So a lot of folks are looking for more of a rural food. They, they're looking for things they grew up on. They're looking for those flavors. They're not accustomed to having deep fried items or um, you know, even beef for that matter. So they're looking for caribou and moose and, and items that, that they grew up on, that, that their grandmother made them that taste like home. And so our traditional foods program is really focused on providing those for them. That was uh, sh uh, Native food chef Amy Foote with the Alaska Native Tribal Health Consortium. And she was talking about some of the traditional native foods that she was serving and also um, part of the Alaska Native Medical Center, the hospital here, um, serving traditional foods because a lot of patients come in and it's part of the healing process and they want to, you know, they may be far from home from, um, you know, a rural area and they're not used to the city food and they crave something from home and the healing properties of um, food. Angela, uh, tell us um, your thoughts on some of your favorite foods and also the healing properties. Yeah, so some of the foods that I really enjoy, um, of course, uh, probably a lot of Alaskans will say this, is salmon. So there's uh, smoked salmon, um, salmon strips, um, which is like a jerky, and then, um, gosh, like baked salmon. I mean, just we just love salmon any, any way we can get it. Another thing from growing up in the interior is uh, moose. Um, moose meat is very um, uh, like one of the biggest things so I love moose meat um, there's dried moose meat which is like a jerky too and then um, uh, moose meat soup uh, moose bone soup uh, you name it we just love moose meat if you go to the coast there's also different parts of Alaska have um, uh, ma a main um, food source like caribou is a little bit up north from the interior and then uh, toward the coast. So it kind of just depends on where you're from and a lot of people trade Alaska Native foods. Um, and so sometimes we will send fish, uh, fish that we get from our area or moose meat and get some muktuk um, from the coastal areas, uh, Barrow, Utkiavik or um, uh, one of the islands like St. Lawrence Island. So. And it's making us hungry, right? Sitting here <laughs> during the lunch hour show. Uh, <laughs> Billy, your thoughts on uh, on uh, native foods? Oh man, I don't even know where to begin. You know, being from 
different villages. Uh, you know, my father is from uh, Chenega Bay. You know, the, uh, the tidal wave kind of wiped that out in the 60s. But, you know, I grew up with, you know, both grandparents on both sides. So, you know, I had, had the, the advantages of, you know, I mean, in, in my mother's village, we, you know, it's mostly moose meat and, and uh, fish, you know, and you know, moose meat is great, you know, how can you run out of things to cook with moose meat? It's mostly rice and gravy at my house, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then the fish, you know, there's so many, it, it's so good, you know, there's different kinds of fish, you know, there's halibut and there's salmon, you know, so many different kinds of salmon, you know, growing up as a child in the village, I mean, you, that's pretty much all you ate was salmon, you know, uh, my father's village, you know, there's also the seal, you know, seal is very good, you know, seal oil and, you know, we beluga and, you know, there's, it's just so many advantages for our, for our health, you know, you know, our, our ancestors grew up on these foods for, for so long, you know, and it's nurtured our bodies for so long, you know, I mean, our, our bodies are used to it and, and a lot of our people are, you know, kind of drifting away from that coming to, you know, the cities and, you know, we don't have that as much as we should. I mean, it's, it's, it's nurtured us for centuries, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. And what is your, um, in your blog, Angela, what are some of the, do you share recipes or do you share, you know, how to process some, th you know, a certain traditional food? Go ahead and tell us a yeah, little bit about that. I do share, um, I, I have a few um, that one is moose soup in the city. Um, I really, uh, when I was away in um, going to the University of Tulsa in Oklahoma, I don't know, I won't say how many years ago, but <laughs> um, we, I missed moose soup. I mean, that was, I was so homesick all the way down uh, in Oklahoma that um, one of my, and then one of my cousins, um, we were talking about it. She was going to Haskell and she came down for the weekend and I was telling her how much I miss moose soup. And then she was like, um, you could do that with, you could make the soup with beef or another um, meat. So uh, even though it was not the same, um, I, I still use beef. So on the blog, I talk about, you know, my experience about being away from home and um, how you can substitute other foods that will m be kind of similar. So you don't have to be so lonesome for your foods. And it was really awesome when my parents uh, sent me uh, moose meat or uh, salmon. So it's, it, um, like you were saying a little bit, it in addition to the healing, it also um, brings you closer to your ancestors because that's how our ancestors survived for uh, thousands and thousands of years. And uh, speaking of um, moose, uh, the at the Elders and Youth Conference, there was a demonstration showing and demonstrating to elders and youth how to tan a hide. And um, we got to go to that session and learn a little bit about moose tanning. My name is Melissa Shaganoff. I'm from Chickaloon, Alaska. Uh, I am an artist <laughs> and the cultural development coordinator at Chickaloon Village. So today um, I've brought Jeannie Maxim out from Golcana and we're doing a moose hide scraping demonstration and a sort of reverse engineering uh, workshop with moose hide. <laughs> Um, so moose hide, like any other hide, can be used for you know traditional regalia, for art, for contemporary art. Um, our purposes is really just to get the community, um, give them an opportunity to touch a hide, you know, in this state. I think that it's really important. Um, the more I work on this with our kids, the more I realize from elders and from our community members that this is a practice that has has been kind of 
halted in a way because of colonization. Um, I recently found out that, you know, some of our community members were jailed for, you know, shooting a moose out of season. And so the disposal of hides and burying them and burning them or putting them in the river is a really colonized practice. Whereas this, actually working on the hide in the moment and fresh is, is actually a very indigenous way of learning, you know? It's a very indigenous way of being, using something in the moment. And that's what Jeannie is teaching us. She's teaching us how to work on a hide that's fresh, on how to shave the hair, and then go through that process. And um, that was uh, Melissa uh, Shaganoff talking about um, doing a demonstration at the Elders and Youth Conference on moose hide tanning. And she talked about indigenous learning and trying to revitalize that practice. Um, the, the teacher, one of the teachers was saying, you know, she used to do it a lot when she was younger, learning from her grandmother, and it was passed on, and just how it was lost through the years through her because she had a large family and she didn't really have time to do it, and then, you know, work and just family life getting in the way. Um, Billy, your thoughts on indigenous learning? Go, okay. okay, go, go okay. ahead. Sorry about that. Yeah, indigenous learning, that's uh, such a, it's a important thing for all of us. I mean, you know, our, our ancestors lived off this land for a long time, and a lot of these animals, you know, provided us with clothing and, you know, so many different things to help us, you know, survive the environment. You know, the, you know, us learning how to make clothing is, is a, something in our culture that we truly need. Okay, well, we um, are going to have to leave it there for this afternoon. Um, we are broadcasting live at the um, AFN, uh, Alaska Federation of Natives annual convention in Anchorage, Alaska. And right now, um, the AFN leadership is going into executive session. So you're listening to KNBA. I'm your host, Antonia Gonzalez. Thanks for joining us.